Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Austria is a bogey track. We move on. Mercedes have upgrades coming next race in Silverstone, which is only a few days away now. So we can be positive. F1 was back on our screens this weekend in the form of the Austrian Grand Prix. And the 2023 sprint race format once again proved to be underwhelming for Mercedes with the Brackley-based team leaving the Red Bull ring with a lower points haul than their main rivals Aston Martin and Ferrari. With hype from Toto heading into the weekend, we'll be asking, is this a blow to the team's recent good development program or just a temporary mishap? What went wrong on a personal level for both George Russell and Lewis Hamilton this weekend? And how do the team pick themselves up before Silverstone in just a few days' time? My name's Balf Baines and welcome to the Silver Arrows podcast. And joining us to do that, we welcome back two regulars in lead engineer Tom Fletcher and F1 journalist Adam Williams. Tom, let's go to you first. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be back as always. Always good to have you back. And Adam? Hello, it's always good to be here. I'm feeling a lot better than Mercedes as a team presumably are. <laughs> but I guess we're going to get on to that. <laughs> well, you know, we, we might touch on that, Adam, uh, here on the Silver Arrows podcast. So There's sprint, a chance. <laughs> there is a chance. So sprint races are always particularly difficult to unpack. So with no upgrades for Mercedes this weekend, Let's start by chatting about FP1. Overall, the first session of the weekend started off pretty encouraging for Lewis, but George, Tom, seemed to be off the pace completely. Yeah, I mean, FP1 in this case is a sprint weekend. It's going to be all about how much how much running and how much learning you can compact into that quite short session. For me, Lewis, straight out of the box, appeared to be um, a lot quicker than, than expected actually especially on the hards running running the hards straight away um and just seem to be have have a lot more pace over the the other guys running even the mediums so in that respect it was encouraging but then as as we then saw it sort of tapered away as 
as the other guys put on the softs, um, we, we began to see some true pace from the from the Ferraris and 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 Verstappen as well. I even sorry, Verstappen was on the medium and he was just way quicker. So it's all started to go downhill from there, really. But yeah, George lacked a little bit from Lewis. A couple of tenths looked to be mainly on the brakes again, as we've seen quite it's becoming quite a trend since the Monaco um, updates. Particularly, yeah, turn one, turn three, and turn four seemed to be his where he was losing most time to Lewis. So the one thing that is apparent with my tools that I have available, obviously I don't have um, a full suite of brake bias, um, brake pressure and things like that. I've just got a GPS trace really. So it's it's always hard to tell, but from what, what you can see is it's, it appears to be in the second phase of braking. So I should explain that um, initially you have at, at the end of a the long straight, the car is at max velocity and it has the maximum amount of downforce it's going to have. Therefore, at that phase, you're, the driver is pressing the brake pedal as hard as he can. There's no no chance of any locking because there's so much aero load on the car. Um, it's really up to how hard you press that pedal and how strong your leg is. That happens for a very, very brief time, after which the physics comes in, basically, and you get the inverse square um, of uh, effectively downforce versus uh, speed. So, so this, if you put it on a graph, it basically you end up with this inverse square of curve going down to zero. And basically what you need to do is with your left foot, you have to follow that curve down uh, with brake pressure. So you're bleeding off the brake as as the car's slowing down and as you're turning into the corner. And it's in that that phase where you're, you're bleeding off the brake uh, it appears to be where, where Lewis is getting his advantage. So lots to lots to learn from those two in those sessions. So uh, interesting, interesting to see the differences really between the two of them. I'm sorry, I just found that fascinating. I was just thinking a lot, but... I'll admit, I did get a little bit carried away after seeing Lewis on the hard tyres. I, I messaged quite a few of my, my F1 group chats and said, the away win is on. It's going to happen this weekend. I Yeah, in hindsight, that was naive. And, and I know that you, you speak about it all going downhill from there. And given that that's the first day of the weekend, I think that speaks a lot for what is about to come and what is about to be discussed by us. But... Mercedes and particularly Hamilton seem to be good in those long runs. And I, I wonder whether that brake issue that ended up coming in on Sunday, I, I'm sorry for, for spoiling that. I wonder whether we didn't see the full performance unlocked from Lewis and, and whether he was hamstrung by that issue because we saw incredible pace initially. Or did the other teams catch up and, and it's just they, they came out of the blocks particularly fast and, and, and we didn't, well, Mercedes didn't particularly improve this match and got caught up. We'll never know. But we got Silverstone next week, so always optimism. Yeah, just to touch on a few things Adam was saying. It, it, we've, I think it is a case of the, the other team sort of hiding their pace a little bit. For example, uh, Norris, we didn't really see much of in uh, in FP1, but he, I don't think he even ran them to the softs at the end of the session. So, you know, it's, they were sort of concealing some of their pace. It was only really Ferrari that we saw. Uh, pop in some fast times at the end of the session. So yeah, I think another another important point is that you're you're trying to cram all this learning into this this one session. And something that, that Mercedes do quite well is build on what they've learned in FP1, FP2 on the Friday overnight with their sim work that they do with with Mick and, and other drivers, uh, and then transfer all that knowledge and learning that they've done overnight onto the car. And then you know, bam, they're a couple of tenths up the road again. They they 
in this case, they're not they're not having that opportunity to to use their tools that they normally do. And I think maybe that they don't fully understand the car yet. It's it's quite new to them. This philosophy. It's just a unfortunate thing with these sprint races. And it happened before, didn't it, in Baku, where where George struggled to get out of Q two. Um, and it's probably once again, like you say, not being able to take that learning and and, and put it into some actual sessions that that count rather than just another practice session in the afternoon and and that kind of thing is exciting in f1 i think we want that although as mercedes fans it's a bit more painful as a result so it's getting the balance right i think do you think also that because it was austria which is quite a high circuit above sea level that potentially affected engine modes and mercedes have they used to have the best engine in formula one and they've potentially been caught up do you think that that had an impact this weekend? No, I wouldn't have thought so much on engine mode, on cooling, yes. So cars or engines that run naturally hotter than others will need uh, bigger cooling um, packages to, to keep them, them cool, uh, mainly because the air is, is a lower density. So effectively, you've got less air per meters cubed actually going through the car. So um, that's, the, that's really the only thing, I think. With these modern engines, they're turbocharged. So back when they were NA, that became a problem because... Um, obviously, you've got less air being ingested by the engine, but now you're, you're limited by boost pressure. So the turbo is is effectively running faster to to generate the same amount of boost pressure that they would have at a normal uh, altitude. So okay. in that terms, it's not really it's not really uh, a massive effect. Next, we were straight into the main qualifying for the weekend with George struggling with pace and ultimately eliminated in Q2, as happened as you mentioned in the last sprint racing Baku, Adam. So was that again an issue with, with this break-in, Adam? It's, it seems to be that uh, it has gone somewhat towards Lewis since the, the update. And you do you do wonder whether that's the direction that Lewis wanted to go from the start of the season and, and why he was so upset that they hadn't gone in that direction um, over, over the winter. And it, it almost feels like they're now going in that direction a little bit too late and, and hamstrung or, or, or limited by uh, the cost cap. So, yeah, I, th- I think the car has gone away from George slightly, but George is still a great driver and the car is still not in, in the best window. They're still learning about it. So I have every confidence that he's going to, to get back to, to his former role. But I think we've got to remember how good Lewis is as a driver. He can do well in, in most cars. Uh, so if you give him a car that is more suited to him, he is naturally going to be a couple of tenths further down the road at times. It, and that's not a bad thing. I think we all rate Valtteri Bottas as a driver and, and he only beat Lewis three or four times a season. And, and that was all right. The thing is, Mercedes want George Russell to take Lewis's uh, position as the championship uh, getter, if you like, or winner once Lewis retires. So they will hope that he can improve but. What is he, 24, 25? He's still got plenty of room to grow and learn. And he'll be learning so much alongside Lewis as they develop that car together. So even though George is probably struggling with the brakes and the car set up and it's still been a difficult car to control, I think these years are going to be the making of, of what we see of George Russell further down the line. Um, and it's pretty exciting. Yeah, I'd just like to add that uh, with, with a circuit like this, it's 
it's a very short lap. So what ends up happening is the, the field is naturally compressed anyway. So there's very small margins between each driver. And really, George was only a couple of tenths off Lewis, as as we pointed out earlier, maybe on, on the brakes in one, two and four. Um, but yeah, it's, it's super close. So the, those small differences make a, make a massive difference. Um, and then obviously uh, being eliminated in Q2, maybe they should have put the, the new soft on. I think they're running a, a used soft at the time, but obviously they know something that we don't and they, they chose not to not to run a new soft. So Yeah, it's, it's definitely a, a good point. But Lewis continued and pulled P5 out of the bag, Tom, which was perhaps the best we could have hoped out of the car this weekend on one lap pace. Yeah, to be honest with you, I think... I don't know why everyone's so disappointed because uh, I think it's it's a, a fact that Ferrari's brought their new update early. They were meant this wasn't meant to be arriving until Silverstone next week, um, along with uh, McLaren, who only brought updates for one car. And yeah, those those little things. We're still on one lap pace. We're still on par, if not a little bit quicker than uh, than Aston Martin. So in that considered, yeah, P five probably the best we could have achieved but you know we're not expecting these updates from these other guys and to be honest i don't think it's a, it's a bad result you've also got to remember that mercedes naturally they've not been the best at austria uh for, for many years I'm, I'm trying to remember the last victory was it was it 2016 there must have been one after that but it's always seemed to be a, a red bull and a ferrari sort of track whereas we know that mercedes are good in spain they did well there. We know Mercedes are traditionally, uh, particularly Lewis Hamilton, good in Canada, and they were on the podium again. And we know that in Silverstone, they're traditionally good, and, and they've got upgrades coming. So I'm not all doom and gloom uh, about uh, P5. I think that that was a really good result and uh, from, from Lewis, but yeah, the, there is more to come, like you say, Tom. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, it is really a bogey track, really. Um, it is still really limited. Uh, there, are, there are a bit more high-speed corners, but it's still considered rear limited. So again, that's something that, that Mercedes has been traditionally not as good at. And as we go to, to more front-limited circuits like Silverstone, it should come similar pace to, to what we saw in Barcelona. So I don't, I don't think it's all bad, yeah. I'm going to have to make it three for three and think, I don't, I don't think it was all bad either. P5 was, was probably the, the best <laughs> that, that we could have got. So heading into Saturday then and sprint quali which proved to be a bit of a disaster. Adam, what went wrong for George and Lewis? First of all, it was good that the sprint day was a bit wet, so it, it differentiated it from Friday and, and Sunday, so it felt like an event on its own that you could get behind. Unfortunately, as you say, it wasn't an event that we particularly enjoyed getting behind. Lewis, he's he struggled with a few bits of track limits, deleting his... Uh, or he went out of the limits of Turn 10, the final corner, as many drivers did this weekend, um, and, and had a, a lap time deleted as the track was trying, and he, he was trying to get a bit more speed. And then in a crucial lap where he, he was meant to be getting out of Q3, and he probably could have done, he probably could have been in the top five again, seeing the pace that he had. Max Verstappen was coming up behind him. Maybe could have been better communication from Bono on, on the radio, but Lewis had to go at some stage in. Verstappen felt that Lewis blocked his lap, um, and really it was quite childish what he did next. And he, he came alongside and then blocked Lewis going into turn one and on the exit of turn one, ruining Lewis's lap and effectively taking him out of Q3. Speaking to the journalists that were in the paddock at that weekend, 
No one could understand why Verstappen didn't get a penalty for that, given that Leclerc got a penalty for impeding. And, and they've been really strict this year with impeding stuff. And, and I'm not sure I've seen anything so blatant. So I think Verstappen got lucky, but we're here to talk about Mercedes and Hamilton got very much unlucky. And he was out of Q3 and then George Russell managed to get through, but it didn't really get much better for him because he couldn't compete in Q2. Sorry. Lewis managed to get out of Q1 um, or, or sprint shootout one or whatever they call it. But it didn't get much better for George Russell, who did get through to sprint shootout two because he couldn't compete in it as he had a hydraulic issue. Correct me if I'm wrong. It was yeah, right. He did, yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah, hydraulic. Yeah, which meant that he wasn't able to partake and he had to sit out and take P15, P15 and P18. I think the worst qualifying that Mercedes have had certainly since they came back into F1 in 2010. So all in all, a bad start to Saturday. Yeah, to be fair to them, it, it was tricky conditions, you know, with a, with a damp track, you, you have the circuit ramping up effectively. So it's getting faster and faster and, and you need to be the last guy out there, really. In that respect, it's, it becomes tricky. Um, you're already on the back foot, you're, you're under pressure. Another thing that we mentioned with the shorter lap, uh, you have a... You, it becomes really tricky with traffic. Every all the gaps between the drivers become short, um, and you you end up chipping over each other. What I wasn't too pleased with was maybe some radio communication between Bono and Lewis. He was asking the gap to to Magnussen ahead or something, and it, to which he gets no answer from Bono. Um, and that was between turns nine and ten, the last two corners. Uh, and then Bono comes back on the radio only then saying, you know, Max is coming. Get on with it. And you know, Lewis really needed to have that information well before that corner um, to, to avoid any any impeding firstly from him and then any holdup uh, later on uh, in the start of his lap. So bad mark for Lewis for track limits, in my opinion. That was really not needed. It was by the tiniest of margins. I think it was in turn nine. Um, I remember seeing an image of, of him barely over track limits, but nevertheless, it was it was off the track. And that lap would have got him easily into, into the shootout number two. So bad mark for Lewis. And maybe a little bit of bad mark for the team, not giving the, the correct information at the right time. What does he say? We win and we lose together. Yeah, team effort. Team effort. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, that, that kind of drying track is one of the most exciting things in F1, seeing qualifying on a drying track because it, the times are constantly changing, but you can really get caught out and, and Lewis did that. Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The sprint race itself, though, finally bought at least a little bit of fun Mercedes, Tom, and some excellent strategy. This is the, the time when the heaviest, or it wasn't really heavy rain, but it, the, the, the largest rain of the weekend happened. It was actually light rain, but all cars starting on the inters, apart from Bottas, choosing to run the mediums. Really good start from both drivers, to be, to be honest. Uh, I think, annoyingly, no one, no one posted the videos of, of onboard from George's. I quite, I quite like to see the onboard from George, but Lewis certainly choosing to start in second gear, which was interesting. And, and he drops a clutch. And get initially, the, the initial bite seems to be the same as everyone else around. But then um, as the speed builds and all the other drivers in first, picking up second gear, uh, have a, a smallest brake in traction. And it's that stage that Lewis rockets passable technically off the track but down down the pit wall and i think probably the same same sort of thing was happening with russell maybe starting in second like lewis but yeah lewis gaining five places george gaining the fourth place fourth place four places but then ultimately losing down into into three uh to magnuson really encouraging fun pieces of driving watching those those two battle through the field uh, one nice thing to pick up on was uh george's racecraft on magnuson Magson going defensive down into three, George cutting back underneath uh, to pick up the, the greener side of the track uh, to get some good traction down down the next next straight. For me, this is where Lewis carbon copied the following lap, but sort of his his race car might be lacking a little bit, maybe because he was used to, you know, always being at the front with Mercedes. Um, and it's something that maybe his, you know, his, his raw speed has come back, but maybe his, his race craft isn't quite where it used to be coming battling through from karting and single seaters um it seems to have dropped off a little bit because copied the same move really nice move getting the, the, the nice drive out of the, out of turn three but then effectively thought the move was done and allowed put awkwardly park the cert of the car in the middle of the track and allowed magson to sail back down the inside and you know you've, you've, you've lost so much time now and then having to risk it around the outside of, of six, I think it was, later on in the lap. So maybe George was, was a bit quicker at getting through and getting the moves done um, on Lewis that, in that, on that occasion. But yeah, as, as the circuit dried, it was interesting to see who would actually put, who would be brave enough to put the slick on. So, and in this case, it was George and, and Mercedes, which at the time I thought maybe it was a bad idea. It looked too early because one of, one of the things that happens is you'll, you'll lose track position. You may be on the quicker time and get them fired up, but moving off line becomes a lethal. Uh, we've seen Lewis come a cropper at uh, Imola trying to go down the inside of George, I think it was, um, on the wet stuff. If you can get them fired up, great. If you can't, then that's that's where it becomes an issue. Um, but George managing to get on the pace really quickly took him a couple of nat- laps naturally to get get onto the pace. But then he was setting blistering times, and and it was literally the optimum time to get onto that tire. As we saw, Lewis then boxed the lap afterwards, came out the pits in front of George because he had, he had the effectively what's known as the overcut because George is is tiptoeing around trying to get some some heat into his slicks Lewis is, is continuing to pump in the laps on the inter as Lewis came out of the pit lane he was then having to tiptoe around and George has come rocketing up with much hotter tyres blasted straight past him ultimately caused everyone else to react and then putting this gap between the twin between the two of them you got Albon and Leclerc I think came out of the pit lane in between Lewis and then 
that then hindered his warm up as well because he's then got to get past these two other cars while he's trying to warm his tires up. He hasn't got the nice dry line that maybe George had. Really interesting to see them being bold and going for the slick where most other guys sort of sat around. Thought, well, no, maybe we'll, we'll just sit sit on the intermediate, and not risk the track position. But I guess because they they're out the points, they could try and give that a go, which seemed to work really well for them. So, and ultimately, I think that's what got them into the, the points playing position with George and P8. So, you know, really good race. Really enjoyed that one. Yeah, it was probably one of the best sprints that we've seen so far. Obviously, we've all got one in mind that we treasure in our hearts. But um, you know the one I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll say it, Sao Paulo 2021. Uh, go and have a look back if you've not watched it, then you'll enjoy it as a Mercedes fan. Um, I think it's always amusing listening to Toto when he's been interviewed after about how conservative he is, the strategy, um, and how he was like, I thought it was too early, and I told them that. But then obviously someone's overridden what he said, and, and it's come, come out to be true, and and it's it's natural because Toto owns a third of the team, right? It's it's his stake in there. Why would he want to risk however much he's paid? Although whatever he's paid is probably ten times less than what the, he's probably worth now as a result of that team because of the way that teams have increased in value. But that's another story. Yeah, I, I just think George is really good at, at, at making those calls. We've seen it a few times. Sometimes it doesn't come off, but when it does. And when you've got nothing to lose, why not give it a go? Because it, it could give you a point or very nearly two points. Uh, what was it? 0. 0.007 seconds behind Esteban Ocon? High risk, high reward. Exactly. Well, I know that our friend Christian Horner said, um, if, there's, if you don't take a risk, you don't have fun or something along those lines. George certainly had fun on Saturday. Mr. Saturday himself, uh, <laughs> living up to his name. and, and he, he did a similar thing in Baku, didn't he? He had a, a bad qualifying on, on the Friday, but in the sprint race, he could live a happy life. Uh, well, actually really ticking off, uh, for want of a, a ruder word, uh, Max Verstappen in, in Baku on the Saturday before having to go back further down the grid for the for the Grand Prix on Sunday. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's quite good having a sprint, especially when the weather's a bit different. Um, and, and the strategy made it all the more interesting for us Mercedes fans. Let's move on to that race now and then, Adam. Taking into account everything you've seen prior, what were you expecting from Mercedes? As I said earlier, I was expecting a win, but I think that was only going to happen if Max Verstappen had an issue. However, that didn't happen. Instead, lots of issues happened to, to Lewis Hamilton, uh, and, and that was the problem. He had a great start. He, he got past Lando Norris, who always seems to do well in Austria at Turn 1, and, and that was, well, it looked crucial because Ferraris were, were the cars that, that, that you thought Hamilton had to at least get in the middle of, and, and the opening laps would be important for that. But he seemed to drop back, and if anything, vulnerable to Lando Norris, and it became clear after a few laps that Lewis was suffering from brake issues, um, and as a result, he was going wide quite a lot. The problem was that the the stewards were only giving out warnings of people going wide a lot of laps after they'd done it. So it, it, it was it was offset almost and and really delayed the penalties being given or, or the warnings and then the penalties that eventually came for not just Lewis but a lot of cars and um, it became a bit of a, a farce uh, with with all the, the track limit penalties and, and Lewis became um, 
the first victim to a, a penalty and he had a five second penalty, which he served in the pits. Um, Lando managed to get past him anyway, due to Lewis outbreaking himself into turn three um, and not really having much to respond with, even though he had the DRS. So worrying times perhaps, but I, as I said earlier, I think without those brake issues, maybe he could have had a proper battle with Lando. Plus, Mercedes have upgrades coming next race in Silverstone, which is only a few days away now, so we can be positive. Lewis was unlucky because of the, the delay in in those warnings and penalties coming through that he had another 10-second penalty very much delayed in being given to him because it, what was it? It was about 9 o'clock in the evening that he found out that <laughs> he'd lost a place to George Russell. Um, but at least Mercedes get to keep the points. It's just shuffled around a bit. Uh, George had quite a lonely race, didn't he? But he managed to, to move up into the points, but the Mercedes just did not look like it had the pace this weekend. But Austria's a bogey track. We move on. We keep fighting for the home win now, not the away win. And just to touch on some of the track limit stuff, partly some of this is down, obviously, to the to the, the shambles that, that appeared to happen at the end of the race. Um, but that's the main thing, I think, that is Bono, um, Lewis's race engineer, Pete Bonington. Uh, he wasn't really firm enough. I know this is going to sound quite harsh, particularly as there was such a such a long delay between getting these track limit warnings and actually, sorry, committing the crime and then then getting a warning for that crime. But however, Lewis did receive a black and black and white flag, and I just don't think Bono was as firm and say, look, you know, you need you need to obey track limits here. You need to you need to stop. But then looking back on it, I have gone through the FIA deleted lap uh, submission that they've given to everyone, and it did appear to be very early on. So it was actually four consecutive laps uh, that gave him the five second five second penalty. So you know, it's and it's such a short lap as well. So that's happening so fast. You're not really going to have a chance to, to get that information to Lewis, but it is the way it goes, I guess. And also the way it was working was that they decided to, at the end of the race, they decided to to penalise in, in the following way. So you'd have three strikes on track limits, and then you get five seconds on your fourth strike. Then immediately afterwards, you're on your fifth strike, you get 10 seconds. After that's then reset, so then you get another three strikes before your your next five seconds. So really, he he crossed the line. He, he crossed track limits. I think what was it? One, two, three, four, five, six times. It was six times, which is six times too many in my opinion. Um, notice that George didn't get a single violation. And at a circuit like this, this is you can gain such an advantage by running off the tracks, which is why they were doing it. And also something we saw in in the sprint is they weren't doing it because the um, the curves are slippy, so you know they, they're only doing it because it's an advantage. It's not a mistake as such. It's some of them can be down to mistakes, yes, but you know you're you're carrying more speed through the corner on purpose um, and and ending up further out further out wide on the exit. In my opinion, I think Lewis needed to drive within the track limits as George did, and I think you know he, his drive for me wasn't a drive of a world champion. Uh, he just seemed way too frustrated. He's Seven times world champion, he has nothing to prove. Yet he's overdriving the car and 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 being really quite vocal about it on the radio. And for me, I'm his biggest fan, but for me, I, I didn't appreciate hearing that. But yeah, it's it's the way it goes. You know, you, you get hot headed in these situations. So uh, I don't, I can't, I can't really get too frustrated by that. But you know, it's just one of those things. I think if if he'd just relax a little bit, the problem is that the car seemed to have this horrible understeer when when it was on high fuel it it was just pushing on everywhere i know adams 
talked about already the brake issues that were going on. But I think that was early on in the stint, and they I think they used a bit of brake magic to to clear up the issue a little bit. So I think it did go away. I don't actually know what it was, by the way, but uh, it did seem to to clear up. But it was more of a fact that you know Lewis was crying for for more wing in the stops more front wing just because the car's pushing on so much but in in that in that respect he should have he should have backed out a little bit he's, like i said he's got nothing to prove his teammates behind him and it's not the fastest car these other these other guys have bought updates and it was probably better just to to be on the side of caution and damage limitation it was a bad bad drive for lewis for me in my opinion yeah not it's not his finest and frustration's got the better of him um what what was it he, he did fess up to kind of losing his head and, and not having his best day uh, on Instagram. I can't remember. I don't have the post in front of me. If anyone else has it, I thought at least he he kind of owned up to it. I can find it if need be. Yeah, that, that is the good thing about Lewis. You know, he does, when when the race is over, you know, he came straight on the radio just to say, yeah, thanks for that guy's great job. It's so easy to sit here and, and, and criticise, but when you're actually in that situation and I know he's desperate to get Mercedes back to where they need to be and, and, I think the frustration just got the better of him. That's what he was saying at the beginning of the weekend, wasn't it? That he's not actually interested in winning a race. He's interested in winning a championship. Got it. So he said, there are days when I say I'm truly proud of myself and days like today when frustration takes over. In a race, it can feel like you're hanging off a cliff. Uh, Tom, (laughs) sort of bringing his arms out and losing the strength to hold on. It's confusing for us to have such strong performances one day and then be nowhere the next. But when you really care about what you're doing, you brush it off and keep fighting. Heads down for Silverstone. Hope to see you all at home with the United Kingdom emoji flag after that, Adam. I can't really say anything more. Lewis Hamilton spoken. Interesting to to think about what maybe they're up to because it, on Friday and, and into, into quality, they seem to be uh, struggling with the rear of the car. And then all of a sudden, first first into the race, they've got this understeer. So I'm just wondering if they they tried something and in a bit of a panic, maybe to to you know take some front wing off the car just to save the rears a little bit. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's what they're up to. But it seems a bit odd that you know they had they they did have good pace originally, and then you know maybe it's track condition. Who knows? Um, but yeah, it just sort of all fell away during the race. But Tom, I just want to bring you back to that conversation quote-unquote, shall I say, that Toto and Lewis had over the radio. Is that just a driver getting taken away in the moment, do you think? Yes, I think it probably is. You know, we've, we've heard it before uh, when Toto steps in just to, just, you know, to, to calm particularly Lewis down. Um, they, they have a very good bond, those two. Um, and I think I think it did work when he came on the radio. It did seem to to calm down a little bit. Obviously, he's, he's had no track violations, so um, track limit violations later on in the race. So maybe that's to do with maybe getting some more front wing in the pit stop but probably it's to do with calming him down a little bit so yeah i think i think toto has helped out a lot with lewis just to just to calm him i don't recall exactly what he said to to lewis but i think you know it's he said he said we we know that the car is bad please just drive it uh yes yeah so that was in response to, to Lewis saying, uh, making his outburst about the car being slow. Yeah, not his great moment, uh, if I'm honest. But, you know, it's it happens. Um, and I think this is the problem when, when radio gets broadcast publicly. It's the directors can pick and choose what, what you hear. And quite often than not, the, most of the guys on the field are saying things like that. But um, you just don't get to hear them. So, yeah, I think, I think a bit of frustration from Lewis. 
nicely nicely played by Toto to calm him down. And I think it was needed. And I hope we don't see any more like that again. You're right. And I think it could be very easy after what's happened in the last couple of years for Lewis to retire, go off into the sunset. But what's nice is he still clearly cares. He cares, he cares about this team. He cares about this sport and he cares about winning. And yeah, it's it's not great the performance he put in this weekend or some of the radio outbursts. But I think we're all glad to still see him giving a hundred percent out there. And it will be exciting if he can he can have a car in the next few years that that can allow him to properly fight for that that title because. It's clear that's all he wants right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think something something that Lewis is good at is self reflection. So he'll he'll take on those the negative things that will come about of this now, um, and then and then build on it. So I I think he will learn from it, and and we shouldn't see a repeat. So we have a question for Kibi on Twitter, Adam. Do you think the Mercedes set up the car for warmer conditions in the race of the weekend just gone? The car seemed to be outside of the operating window. It did seem to be a setup that, that wasn't fully correct, but I'm I'm quite happy to defer to our, our technical expert, Tom. Let's go to Tom. Um, to be honest, I think we touched on this earlier. I think maybe not a temperature thing. I think the temperature, it's not really a temperature thing. I think it's more of a an optimising the setup um, and having the time to do that um, over, over the three practice sessions. It, it's... Um, more of what was going on there. I know, I think Friday was a little bit warmer, maybe. I'm not too sure. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I think I don't think it's to do with that, if I'm honest. It's it's more to do with the maybe the, the tyre compounds that were available being the softest and um, and not having the, the ultimately the track time and those crucial 24 hours back at the factory to get a, a, a proper... An analysis on on the data that they've collected in those sessions. So yeah, for me, it's just a, an optimization thing rather than a temperature thing. Adam, you're ever the optimist here. So how worried should we be about a lack of performance uh, this weekend? I don't think we should be at panic stations yet. As I said, Austria isn't always the the track that Mercedes perform so well at, and Red Bull and Ferrari always seem to do really well, and Lando Norris. So. I think that we should be quite yeah, quite optimistic about what's to come in Silverstone. We know that Ferrari are going to be good. We know that Red Bull are going to be good. But we know that Hamilton get, gets that energy particularly, and George Russell will too. Um, we've maybe not seen his full potential after he got belted out at Turn 1 last year. But I think a podium is definitely possible any more than I think we'd we'd all be beside ourselves but it, it's definitely possible for Lewis to get a podium in the upcoming race uh, it, it will be tough I think the Ferraris will be an obstacle I don't know about Aston Martin uh, how, how well they're going to do around Silverstone they'll, they'll be good out of the slow corners but there's lots of quick ones um, and, and high speed areas where, where Mercedes are notoriously good so I, I am feeling optimistic plus I've not even mentioned the fact that they're getting some upgrades coming in. So we don't know what that can bring. If it can bring a tenth or two, then we're cooking on gas. Yeah, I, I think a podium is something that we could do. And if we get the home win, then I'll be celebrating with all of you. Beers on you, Adam, yeah? My bold prediction, Hamilton wins. My sensible prediction, Hamilton wins. Tom, Tom, what do you think? What, where do you think the Mercedes uh, will finish at Silverstone? Good question. I don't. I, again, I always don't want to jinx um, 
or tenth fate. Um, I think this is all about the development rates at the moment. So we are going to see this leapfrogging between teams as they bring updates in. But we need to remember that this this package that Mercedes have at the moment was a very early um, uh, prototype package, if you like, to, to verify that what they were seeing um, on their in their wind tunnel testing and, and the data they have that you know there's a correlation between their their track track data and wind tunnel stuff. So this next upgrade that's coming is a is an evolution of all the stuff that they've learned. So to be honest, I think it's going to be a, a, a sizable step. And I think Toto did mention it's going to be as big as the McLaren step. Um, so it should put us right in there. Maybe not as quick as uh, Red Bull, but certainly much closer. Thing that we have to watch out for is Ferrari. I think they're with their latest up, upgrades. They are looking very quick, um, and traditionally, it's something that they've been quick at. But look at last year, for example. You know, cars cars signs with the win. So I think it's it's all to play for for Mercedes. Um, but you know, it's going to be it's going to be a hard race, unfortunately. What was it that Toto Wolff said a couple of weeks ago? If there's any track that Mercedes are going to win at this year. Where's it going to be? Silverstone. You heard it here first. Tom, Adam, as always, an absolute pleasure sharing this pod space with you. Cheers, Bell. Thank you very much for having me. And that's about it for this week. A massive thank you to Tom and Adam for joining us. And thanks to you for listening. Do remember to follow us on Twitter at MercF1Pod and hit that follow button in your podcast app. If you're enjoying these episodes and feeling extra kind, drop us a review and share this episode with anybody who you think may enjoy it. We'll see you next week after Silverstone.